Okay, we're um, on the last lesson of our stu uh, proverb study, and um, next Sunday or the Sunday after that, depending on how far this lesson goes, uh, we will be getting into a study of Brother Dave Miller's uh, Apologetics Press. We'll be studying outline of the New Testament book by book for all 27 books. But we have one more lesson here in Proverbs, and this one is on special, uh, special problem areas. It's uh, the second lesson in this uh, little two series, two lesson series that Brother Larry um, started last week. I do have a PowerPoint if I can get it going. Big one, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh, there we go. Thank you. All right. So this lesson has three uh, er three areas, special problem areas: idleness, or uh, I guess what you would call laziness, seven deadly sins, and scorners and scoffers. And we'll touch on all three of these, uh, time permitting, this morning. Um, ben Franklin said, trouble springs from idleness and grievous toil from needless ease. And I guess this was a, another way of saying that if you work real hard to get out of work, you might as well have just gone ahead and done the job and not tried to get out of work because you're going to put in a whole lot more uh, time and effort to try to get out of work than if you just went ahead and did the, did the job and tried to do it right to begin with. So, uh, you know, this, it says that uh, he meant by this that laziness never gets anyone anywhere and usually results in poverty. So uh, those are... Uh, good words, and he, he got this, of course, from, from the Bible itself. If you go to, uh, what we'll be doing is we'll go through several verses in Proverbs that, and other places, really, that talks about laziness, and we'll talk about how, you know, uh, how, how, you know, you get to be lazy or why, why, what you can do to stop that and that sort of thing. Okay, so we're looking at Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Go to, go to the ant, O slugger. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. You know, an ant's a little small insect, but they are very ambitious little critters. They work in unity and... Um, they're located all over the earth. They make little hills. Uh, Brother Houston and David and Terry and I know about these. They're all around the building here making hills when we're out mowing. And uh, 
it, you know, they're everywhere. And, uh, but they, you know, they work in unison. They work in the summer. When it's, uh, when it's warm, uh, they lift 20 times their weight, body weight, and they're constantly moving, and they don't have a chief. And, um, you know, they, uh, they, you, can, you can destroy their nest, and they'll just build it right back, uh, their hill. So they're masters of preparation and ambition. And, you know, we do, a, we do good to follow them in that respect. Um, we don't need to be idle. Uh, we need to try, to try to do like the ant in that way. Um, so the procrastinator, by contrast, in Proverbs 6, 9 through 11, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Uh, These verses emphasize how if you procrastinate or put things off, poverty will overtake you, just like a thief in the night uh, or an armed robber. Uh, Your wealth or possessions, if you had any, will be stripped from you and uh, before you know it. And this uh, slug that's on the couch is a reminder that laziness will ruin a man. Um, So just continuing on, y'all can stop me anytime you want to. Um, A slack hand causes poverty. But the, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in the summer, like our aunt that we were talking about, is a prudent son. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. And that's Proverbs 10, 4 through 5. Um, if you work constant and consistently, you bring about a successful harvest and great riches, uh, um, you know, not necessarily the goal is to make riches, but to make a living. But, you know, constant idleness and sleep brings about poverty and shame. Uh, many people would rather beg or ask for handouts uh, than to work. Uh, I just got a little question down here, kind of a rhetorical question. Why do people want to do that? And uh, I just think, you know, a lot of people are just lazy. They were... They were kind of, they're kind of, you know, that's the way they were raised or something. But uh, we don't need to be like that as Christians, of course. Um, So stop me whenever you want to here. We'll just keep going through. There's a lot in the Bible about laziness and idleness and what what it what it what it brings about and. uh, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Proverbs thirteen eleven. Um, you know, a lot of people want to get rich quick. They come up with these Ponzi schemes. They come up with, um, you know, some people even want to do something like rob a bank or whatever to get money or to try to make their living. Uh, Winning the lottery, you know, you hear people talking about that all the time. Um, you know, 
if you if you stop in in Ardmore on the way home from Tennessee from the Smokies or something, uh, people are getting lottery tickets at all the gas stations there, and I guess that's because the Tennessee side of Ardmore is uh, the first place you can get them, and I believe people go up there a lot just to get the lottery tickets and that sort of thing, uh, and it's just. Uh, you know, get rich quick. Uh, a lot of those things just uh, end up, you know, look at the, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but the guy who started the Bitcoin and all of that stuff, what a, that was a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, get rich quick there. And it was not a lot to it, as it turns out, uh, because, you know, he was doing a lot of that uh, you know, through it was not on the up and up, and um, these fads come and go. But uh, if you work steadily, a little bit at a little by little, and you put away in you know uh, in, in in good investments and try to save your money as you go and not blow it all, then you're not going to uh, end up being in poverty most likely. So, uh, you know, we need to keep our hands busy and keep uh, doing things. You know, Mark, sometimes it's hard to explain to all of us in here. Some of us are younger. <laughs> but it's hard to explain sometimes to younger people. You know, they look around at their parents and they see what you've got. But they mm -hmm. don't understand it took 30, 40 years to get to where you are. You didn't start out like that. That's right. And they didn't see you start now. Yeah. It takes a long time to accumulate what you accumulate. Yes, very good point, Paul. Um, yeah, uh, things weren't just handed to, to people. They shouldn't be anyway. And you don't start off on, on top or with a lot of things. You just, you know, if you, if, you, if you earn something yourself and buy it yourself, you feel a lot better about it anyway. Uh, you're gonna take care of it better. Uh, if it's all handed to you, well then you didn't really do anything to get it, so it doesn't have the same, you know, value to you if 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 you had uh, come about it yourself. Um, not getting on a tangent or anything, but you know, parents who say that, well, I want my kids to have better than what I did, so to speak, or something like that. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, everybody should kind of make their own way in this life is, is really a, the way to do things. Uh, you know, if you want them to have a better, more spirituality or as much as you do, that, that's fine. But to give them things and just, uh, you know, uh, have them to where they don't have to work for things and that sort of thing, well, that's kind of creating a bad situation there, but uh, being a parent for nearly 40 years, I can say that you typically do want to say you want your kids to have it better and easier. Yeah. Instead of that, we probably ought to think about teaching our kids more how to learn from the mistakes that we make. Yes, that's that good. A lot more that's a great point because it's uh you know it's easy to make mistakes through life and uh, you you would that you would want your kids not to go through those if you 
hedge your, hedge your rathers on something like that. It's a good point. Anybody else? It's okay to make mistakes, but you've got to learn from them. Right. And that's what you try to tell your kids. We all make mistakes. But if you don't learn from them and you keep doing the same mistake over and over again, you're yes. not spending your will. You're not good. It's kind of insanity, isn't it? I mean, you do things the same way over and over when they're not good. You're just, it's kind of, you're not learning from them is right. Right. Or a right. But it's it's a training process, and it's sometimes it's it's the effort on us to do the training that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just hand it to. But it, it's it's hard to teach a a kid to run a chainsaw or to. You know, I like to move, I like to do the grass cutting. Mm -hmm. I like to do that. It's a nice little form of therapy, but. Yeah, that's a good point because, uh, Susan, because there's a lot of parents who would rather, and there's a lot of managers at jobs and that would rather just micromanage everything. Either they micromanage you or they, they just want to do it themselves. They don't want to delegate or anything. And you got to have people that will go out and, and learn how to do the job and allow them to make some mistakes. And um, if you just do everything for them all the time, then what are they learning, you know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of patience. A lot of patience, yeah. Oh yeah, you gotta have patience. That's a lot harder for some of us. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You say, well, I can just do this and knock it out. And I don't know if I really want somebody else to do this. They may mess it up type thing. But yeah, it's better to, to try to teach somebody how to do things and then let them make a mistake and then let them come back and hopefully they won't make it again. So really good points there. All right, so we'll move to another one. Some of these are kind of getting redundant, and I apologize that they're kind of along the same lines, but there was a lot on this. The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. Proverbs 15, 19. Um, you know, if you're not working, if you're, not, if you're just in and out of a job all the time and because you can't keep it, because you didn't work or because you tried to get out of working, then it's going to be a thorny path for you. It's, it's, you're going to always be looking for a job and saying, well, they, they didn't treat me right here. I got to go somewhere else and that kind of thing. But if you, if you work somewhere and you take the ups and downs and you, you, know, you realize that you're not, you know, things are not, it's going to be some bumps in the road all the time. <laughs> here and there. Well, then you're going to have a level highway eventually. It thinks will, you'll, you'll build a rapport with your manager and you'll, you know, you'll, things will start being better for you and it'll be a level highway. And I think it's like that uh, in the working world or, or in, even in church as far as that goes. I mean, 
you know, uh, getting along with each other. We need to get along with each other. And, um, you know, not be offended so much all the time and that sort of thing. So there's a lot you can get out of this verse, really, if you really uh, look at it, uh, and, you know, with an open perspective there. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with ambition if it's guided in the right way. I think, in fact, personally, I think we need to have ambition in life and in spirituality. And it kind of coincides to a certain degree. Right. If you want to excel in life, then we need to learn to teach others and our children to have ambition to try to succeed in whatever they do. Right. And in a spiritual sense, that's what Paul is talking about in Philippians and trying to be perfect. We can't be perfect, but we're supposed to always strive, strive. for perfection. That's right. So we need to have ambition in life. We need to have ambition in our spiritual goals. Too. That's right. In our evangelism and everything. Good point, Brother Ken. Good point. Yeah, that's right. The world saw Abraham's riches, but Abraham always had God the glory. It was the blessings. I mean, people will see us as Christians as being blessed if we share our riches and our wealth and give God the glory. Right. He will continue to provide that for us, even when you think, where's this going to come from? It'll, it'll show up somehow. It, it but, sure will. Don't understand it, do they? All right. A lot of times, you're a Christian and you're following the upright way, you miss a lot of those thorns because you decide not to do things that you shouldn't do and waste money on this and on that and this kind of stuff. And over a period of time, then you know God's going to provide what you need as long as you you know don't go away and. Stay in the right path. There's a level highway, like it says here. Very good point. Uh, very good points. All everybody. Okay, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Proverbs eighteen nine. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you if you're lazy and trying to get out of work all the time and trying to and you lose your job here all the time and you're having to go somewhere else, well, you might as well be destroying what you own because you know, you're not gonna have uh, a smooth highway as we talked about in the last uh, verse. It's just gonna be like destroying what you, what you have. Uh, you know, um, you can't be like that. You've got to, uh, uh, you know, you've got to try to strive on and, and, and work hard and, and uh, you know, not uh, set yourself back two steps for every step you, you, you make it ahead. And uh, so, you know, laziness is like a wrecking ball, pretty much, uh, to your life and to your spirituality, to your, uh, to your possessions, all of that. Um, so, you know, we, we don't need to do that either. Um, so, laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless man goes hungry. Proverbs 19, 15. Um, 
we got, we got a, a cat and she just lays around all the time and uh, doesn't do a whole lot uh, except eat and you know uh, every, other things she has to do. But you know that's uh, a lot of people are like this. They just don't have any ambition. Uh, they're not aware of what's going on around them and don't care. And uh, a slothful man just he might go hungry and resort to begging that sort of thing. So we can't be like this. Um, you know, I guess God made a, a a cat that way, but he you know he didn't made us to work it, and. Of course, if that cat was out in the in the in the wide open outside, they'd be having to do. It would have to be doing more than it does too. But uh, anyway, uh, well, that's not the way we're supposed to live. Um, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. Uh, that's twice in Proverbs 19:24 and 26:15. Uh, can you imagine somebody being so lazy that uh, they won't bring the, their hand up to their mouth to eat? And that's, uh, I guess that's a little bit of a, a stretch there. And I don't know if that was, you know, someone said not long ago in, in teaching, and I can't remember, it might have been Larry, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, God does have a sense of humor. And you can tell by, uh, you know, uh, this kind of a, uh, these, this verse here, these verses here, uh, you've got to really be lazy not to bring your hand up to your mouth to eat. But uh, there's some people that are pretty lazy. And, um, and of course, there's some people who won't come to church to get the bread of life. And, you know, we got people like that. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and... Uh, He's, he, he listens to a Baptist sermon. I, I, I've tried to get him to stop doing that, uh, but anyway, he still does. But anyway, he says, well, they're not going to have their Bible class this morning. They called it off. And I was thinking, well, I don't know what about the new year would cause somebody to not you know, want to have the Bible class. But uh, anyway, you, you can go up and down 24 here and see churches on Christmas that were, or Christmas Eve, that weren't open. So, uh, you know, that's getting off the subject of this. But anyway, it happens, and uh, it's not something. It's laziness, isn't it? Yes, it really is laziness, isn't it, Brother Houston? Yeah, it's, it's laziness. I, I guess uh, some people say, well, family time comes, needs to come about this time of year. Well, the Lord, you know, he, he expects us, Hebrews 10, 25, to be here. And we need to be here. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. I think that's right. It's our family here. That's right. That's right. It's, that's a very good point. So we move on, and we're getting close to the end of our laziness section. If you are too lazy to plow, don't expect a harvest. And I don't think that's exactly the way it says. That's probably a, like a, a, a newer version of that uh, that they, that slide was pulled from. Proverbs 24. You know, anybody that knows anything about planting a garden or farming or any of that, 
knows that there are windows of opportunity in, um, in uh, pl uh, pl uh, farming. And if you just let the spring go by and you don't uh, plant your, uh, plant your uh, crops, then you're not gonna get a harvest at, in uh, you know, September and October. There's just not gonna be anything there. But some people, and we'll talk about this in a, uh, in a few minutes, they've got every excuse under the sun not to do something. They can just come up with something just very trivial and just not do it. So we got, to, we got windows of opportunity and we need to, and raising your kids to, to go to church, to be, you know, uh, training up a child in the way it should go uh, if you wait too late, it's going to be hard to, to have that child become a Christian or, or to get those uh, values instilled in them if you, uh, if you don't do it when they're young. So there's a lot of applications there. Love not sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Proverbs 20:13. Uh, so this means open your eyes, get ambitious, realize the opportunities before you, and seize the day, or, you know, carp diem, as they, as they have said, as you've heard say. You've got to uh, take the opportunities while they're there. Um, he who loves pleasure shall be a poor man, but he who loves wine and oil shall not be rich. Proverbs 21, 17. If you, um, if you spend everything you have on, and it just uses wine and oil here, it could be anything, whatever you like to do. If you spend too much money on cars or too much money on houses, too much money on trips or whatever you, you, you know, and you don't, you know, if if you're living beyond your means, well, then you're gonna uh, you're gonna go you're gonna be, become uh, you know poor. You're, you're gonna lose it all. Um, I think I heard the other day, or been a few weeks ago, how many like trillion Americans are in credit card debt, and it's uh, it's a, it's just incredible. Uh, people just seem to want to spend money that they may not even have and expect to get out of it some way, I guess. I don't know if they declare bankruptcy or what happens. Uh, I don't really know how any of that stuff works nowadays. But anyway, it seems like back, we were just, Jay and I were discussing on the way to church this morning about houses still being built and with interest rates 7 or 8% and wondering how people are doing it. And I, I told her uh, what I thought was back in the 80s, back when the real estate kind of went bust, it seems like people back then uh, didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't really uh, venture out and get risky on loans and that sort of thing by, as much back then as people do now. Uh, nowadays, people just say, well, I'm just going to have this house regardless, you know. I don't whether I can afford it or not, you know. Uh, it seems like there was a little bit of a different mindset back then than it is now. But anyway, getting back to what this verse says, uh, if you 
you know, you, if you don't look out, if you spend all your money and you don't, and it's more than what you take in, you may go bankrupt and you may, you know, not have anything to, to get by on. Um, let's see, uh, we'll try to at least get through the, uh, this part of the lesson. Uh, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours, devours it, Proverbs 21, 20. Um, if you're wasteful, you know, you've heard the statement, waste not, want not. It's not, I don't believe you can find that in the scriptures, but if, you waste, if you're wasteful, um, then you're going to always uh, be wanting, so to speak. And I mean, you're always going to be, uh, you know, trying to, trying to have, get more somewhere else because you're just wasting everything. Um, you know, uh, foes spend money as fast as they can get it, and a wise person saves for the future. Uh, John six twelve does say that Jesus told the disciples to gather up the uh, food after the 5,000 were fed, and he did say to gather that up, and they had 12 baskets. He didn't say go waste it, just throw it away. But some people are very wasteful when it comes to food or when it comes to other things, you know, something breaks, they just throw it away, uh, or something, uh, you know, uh, they they eat part of something, they throw it away, and you know, uh, that's that's a good way to uh, to uh, you know go to the poverty house and a lot of ch a lot of times, so we don't need to be like that. Good point. That, that's, that's two good points there, Christy. Two great points. Um, yeah, we're supposed to be stewards over God's earth and whatever we have, and uh, includes giving and that sort of thing, and time, help, helping others, or, or doing things here at the church. Anything we can do. That's very some very good points there. Um, the desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to labor, Proverbs 21, 25. Okay, uh, what I get out of that, and then y'all can say what, tell me what you think. Uh, some people are jealous of other people, but they're too lazy to do what the other person did to get what they have. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, um, it's one thing to be jealous of somebody because they have something, but what, it, what about you and you don't want to work to get, you know, what, what, what they have or whatever, you know. Um, you know, it says it kills him. Well, that just means that he's jealous. Somebody's jealous. Uh, his hands refuse to labor to, to try to get, you know, uh, to, so where he can, uh, uh, you know, acquire something or whatever. Um, you know, the righteous, is, the righteous worker has more than enough and is even generous with what they have. But the sluggard, you know, he, he's always scheming, trying to get something, uh, you know, with a, a kind of a get-rich-quick scheme. So he doesn't have it, but he's just jealous. He wishes he did. And uh, so we can't be like that. We, we certainly don't want to be like that. Ken said that's almost the opposite of 
you see it, you know, you desire to have it, but you're not willing to work for it. Yeah. You know, just, uh, come some other way. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times that's what creates uh, crooks. I guess they they see something they want and they say, "Well, I want. I'm just going to take this, you know, or something." So uh, there's nothing good for you if you're not willing to work. It's just going to, you know, you got too much idle time, and the devil's the devil's going to work on you if you got too much idle time there. Um, so, I passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and, and want like an armed man. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34. Um, I'm sure you've seen uh, old broken down houses and, you know, with the boards uh, without paint on them and, you know, uh, rotted and that sort of thing. And, and uh, thorns grown up, Johnson grass and, you know, saw briars or whatever, all in the field. Well, that's what happens when somebody has either abandoned some place or, or just let it go. And uh, you know, there's, there's a, this is kind of a, an analogy more than anything, but there's some people that, you know, they do run, run their lives this way. They just kind of let things go around them and uh, don't really, you know, the world's just passing them by. They're not working, they're, they just watch other people working all the time, and and it you know it compares it to like a thorny field or a, you know a, a, some place that uh, is just all grown up and that sort of thing. Or that, that field is going to produce something good or bad. It's the same thing in our lives. It's going to produce something. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Brother Houston. Because you, that's right. Um, you're going to have an influence no matter what your situation is, good or bad. We're influencing people all the time. Time you waste that. You know, that's what your life's made of. Time. You waste time, you're wasting your life. You know, time is going to go by no matter what you're doing. And, uh, Does it ever? I may have told this story. My wife, Didn't he? That's very good. Um, 
you know, we don't, we're three score, uh, three score and ten. That's what we're promised, so to speak. And you just don't have a lot of time on this earth, so you might as well make the best of it and try to do the most you can. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, a brother Philip Hines a few weeks ago when he was talking about, uh, oh, that was amazing what he said, how much we watch television and our own line. And uh, what the biggest one, the biggest surprise of that lesson to me was didn't he say it was just a little over two years if you live to be 70 something is all you'll spend in church? That's amazing. But, you know, if you do the math on that, three hours a week, you know, and you multiply that by 52, of course, you're not counting your, your uh, gospel meetings and VBS and that kind of thing. But that's about right. Do the math on that. I kind of, I had to do a little math on that after that because I said, that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> right. That's right. What, when we come to church, it's got to be what it should be to get us through every day of the week to let that light shine to draw right. us to be here when we are called We're here to, we're, we go to, out to serve. It's right. That's, that's every day, wherever we are and whatever we are doing. Right. Yeah. And on earth, we have to work. That, that's right. That's we have to have a balance of entertainment with family. But it's important. That, that's right. You have to have it all, but it has to be balanced. That's right. Yes, very much so. But we do spend too much time watching television and on the Internet. I know I'm guilty of both of those. So, All right, we'll stop right there and finish up. Uh, this lesson I guess next week um, uh, I don't have a lot more to go but I'll, we'll get through next week and then we'll start uh, the week after that we'll probably get into Matthew after that a couple of weeks thank y'all